Hello, you are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. Lanford texted me, do you want your headset? And I'm like, yes, like just 30 seconds ago. (laughs) I'm not going to be able to get that done. So we'll hold the mic. Good morning. How's everyone doing? Good. Well, a little sparse this morning. I don't know if it's just too cold. Sorry about the the heat. We we definitely have to adjust all of our things. But we wanted to give the the people that have been just here in the last year kind of a little taste of what the tent life was like. (laughs) A little chilly in the morning. You're like bundling up in your seats. But uh, no, we'll, we'll get that sorted. But... I, someone was, uh, who was I talking to? Someone that just moved here recently, and they were asking <clears throat> something about summer, fall, and I was like, no, there's a day in October. It happens, I've noticed. There's a day in October, and the humidity just shuts off, and it doesn't come back, and uh, I think we just had that day. So <clears throat> it's here. There's a little part of me in my heart that is saddened when that happens because I like the heat, but at the same time, it does feel good to be in flannel again and be around a campfire, Right? It's going to be really good for family camp. <clears throat> so, cool. Well, uh, like I said, <clears throat> excuse me, sparse pickings. We've got, I think, the, all the hails are out. So that, that takes like half of the team. Um, they're on a beach trip. Uh, I think the Stein Springs are coming back from a vacation trip as well. And then um, uh, we have a handful full of other people out not feeling well and stuff. So um, you got me, Kim, and Blake. We've been holding down the fort today. So... <laughs> Uh, and man, that testimony from John Cole, holy cow, <clears throat> not only the offering message good, I'm like, I don't even know if we need to preach. I mean, that's, that's pretty much the gospel right there happening. Um, good. Well, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to today. I want to kind of, uh, basically, you know, we've been speaking about the, this foundation, revisiting the foundation season for the better part of this year. And um, I'm going to kind of recap what we've been talking about, why we've been talking about it, and kind of begin to start kind of uh, teeing us up for the next, uh, kind of the next thing we're going to be going after. But, um, uh, you know, that, 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 this season, if you will, Revisiting the Foundations came from Paul Manwaring showing up in February and giving us a prophetic word. How many of you guys remember this? <clears throat> Good. We've been doing a great job of keeping in front of you. Uh, Paul Manwaring came and he said, hey... Y'all, he didn't say y'all because he's Brit, but we would say y'all. Y'all been in uh, uh, different uh, houses or different, like, buildings over the years of Bethel Atlanta's history. And he said there's things in those rooms that are meant to be in the foundation of this one. And so charged us with a season of, like, revisiting these different rooms and these different uh, uh, things that are meant to be in this foundation and then he gave us the, the word out of Zechariah that um, the plumb line is in the, is in the hand of Zerubbabel and the, time for build, or the season for building upward is upon you. So he gave us this prophetic word, revisit the foundations, and the season for building upward is upon you. And, you know, for months we've been like, when are we building upward? <laughs> right? Well, I'm like, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a doer. I'm like, okay, when are we going? Let's go. And... Uh, and it's like we've just kind of kept feeling like, no, we're, we're meant to really mine 
this word about revisiting our foundations so that we can really stand on the foundation of what's in Bethel Atlanta's history, what's been inside of us, and then be, when we begin to build upward, that we're not easily shaken. Amen? <clears throat> so, a couple of you. Kim, I heard you. V, I got you. We're, we're, amen. Um, so I'm going to kind of recap some of those things that we've been talking about, in term, it, whether it's been in our messages or some of the things that we mind that are in our foundation. Um, that sound good? Okay, let's do that. So we talked about being in an alignment season. We talked about being a people of encounter. We talked about being a people of uh, declaration and decree. I love John's testimony because it really captured so much of who we are in our culture, whether it was, you know, uh, I mean, one of the things, right? Lauren did a message about, can we be dreamers who never uh, dream like we've never been disappointed? And I'm like, listening to John's testimony, I'm like, well, there it is. Can he, right? Coming out of a life of, dis- of, of a season, long season of disappointment, can he set his heart to dream for something again? And he did, and he walked and experienced the victory of that. <clears throat> so I'll be, I'll be using John a lot during this message. Um, we talked about us being a people of intimacy, that we've been in our roots, it is uh, in this intimate place with the Lord. We talked about, we also found that there was a, a, a stone of performance in our foundation that we didn't realize was there. Oh, you guys remember those messages? I was like, well, I didn't like those messages. I know. We didn't, I, didn't, I didn't either. But, you know, the, the fact that it's in our roots or it's in our foundation, you know, is always when we, this is the beauty. I kind of mentioned this in our, our pre-service time this morning. The beauty of, of being triggered. Anybody else like being triggered? Right? Like something like, ooh, that offended me. That bothered me. Right? The beauty of finding something that bothers you is it's an invitation from the Lord to get healing and wholeness and gain victory. It's an invitation into territory that is meant to be yours that the enemy's holding. So when we, <clears throat> right, so when we get, hear a message like there's a stone of performance in our history and we're like, ooh, that bothers me. Well, great. It's an invitation to gain some territory back that the enemy's stolen. There's actually land there that is meant to be mine. If, if I find myself in a place of offense or hurt or, 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 or uh, um, uh, triggered, I get, you know, whatever that, we now coined that word. So, <clears throat> like, if I find myself in that place, it's an invitation to the Lord. But, you know, what's funny is we firstly think it's the other people's fault. Well, it's your fault. You need to adjust because that bothers me. Uh, we nervously laugh <clears throat> because we do. <laughs> But really, it's meant to be an invitation of, okay, what's going on inside of here that I'm being invited into getting some wholeness and healing that I can experience uh, 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 the fullness of the Lord in whatever said thing is. So performance popped up. We found out that, um, you, know, you know, on that, on that, let me say this about the performance thing, is the when it first started getting stirred up and we started chewing on it, and I think Blake did like three messages, about three messages on this. I think Jen spoke on it once. I think even Lauren spoke on it. So like, it's like, oh, we're going to go after this because if it's anything we don't want in our foundation, it's something that's not supposed to be there, right? When it first, we started first mining it, I remember um, my first thought was, oh, 
what would break the spirit of performance, first and foremost, is an encounter with the Father. Performance is where I'm getting my value and my worth from what's around me, from what I do, or from the people around me. But we're meant to get our value and our worth from the Father. He's the one that is designed, destined, uh, uh, designated our worth by sending Jesus to the cross. Amen? So I, that if, when I have an encounter with the Father, it reconciles me to where I'm supposed to be receiving my value and my worth from. Rather than from the world around me or for what I do, for my actions or for my, you know, empires that I build or whatever it is. But it's first and foremost this uh, 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 encounter with the Father who brings security and identity. That breaks the spirit of performance because I no longer have to be something for somebody. Because I'm already accepted. I'm already, I'm already loved. I'm already found worthy. Um, the other things that break it is uh, uh, trans, uh, sorry, vulnerability and authenticity. Because when I get to this place with the Father, are you guys with me? When I get to this place with the Father where I've experienced his approval, his love, his acceptance, I'm experiencing my worth from him, then I actually can be authentic with myself and with others about where I am at and who I am. Because I don't have to be something for somebody that I'm not. I can be authentic with myself of like, oh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I don't measure up there. It's true. But there's no, there's no um, uh, we would fear that, that would, admitting that would mean there's something wrong, but it's actually something healthy. That I'm, I can actually be okay with, oh, this is where I'm at. The Father loves me, and I'm on a journey of growing into wholeness. So authenticity, being okay with myself, and then vulnerability, that actually can, I actually can let people in because I'm not trying to, again, be something for somebody. I'm not trying to put on a face to, do, to be something for acceptance or approval from people around me or, or put on a face of my successes or my achievements to show that I, I, I should be valued by the people around me. I don't have to do that anymore which means I can actually let you in to see who I am. And authentically, I'm okay with who I am. It's called freedom. Jesus died so that we would be set free. In fact, it was for freedom he set us free, it says. So there's, there's, there's you know, we, we spent some time on this because we really want to go after this. We don't want this to be in our, in our foundation. I'll leave that there. Okay. I wasn't meaning to get into all that, but we, we talked about healing, that we're super, and that kind of goes back to being, us being a supernatural people, that we are, um, you know, when we're, when we're going after healing, it's funny, I've been reading the life of Jesus, um, and, 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 you know, he, his, his public ministry started, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, then he gathered disciples, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men, then he sits and does like three chapters of a sermon that really is just purely teaching all he's doing is teaching. You've heard this, but I call you up higher. It's actually this, right? You've heard, you've heard don't um, uh, covet your neighbor's wife, but I'm saying don't even think about it. You've heard don't murder, but I'm saying don't even be mad at your brother. In fact, turn the other cheek. In fact, if he gets upset, uh, claims he wants something, give him your cloak as well. Like, he calls us higher. He spends three chapters. None of it was teaching you on how to heal. <laughs> Yeah, none of it was teaching you on how to, be, how to be a supernatural people. He wasn't teaching you how, that, you know, you're supposed to go and pray for the sick and get a, you know, get a word of knowledge or do a treasure hunt. Like, he wasn't, 
He didn't, he didn't teach you how to do these things. He actually taught us and trained us. He took gathered disciples, learners, we'll talk about that in a second, gathered them, called them up higher to become something, and then he began to walk and demonstrated a lifestyle of something, which the fruit was signs and wonders will follow those who believe. The fruit was the signs and the wonders, people getting healed, right? Uh, the dead being raised. Like that's the fruit of a lifestyle of a believer that's walking in the foundation of three chapters of like, I'm calling you higher. This is who you're meant to be. I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but. So we talked about that. We talked about uh, that we're a people of hunger. We've talked about that we're a people of repentance, that it's a lifestyle. We talked about testimonies, that these are the rocks of the, of, uh, you know, the, the rocks of the testimonies so that we would, lest, lest we forget the good works of, the, of, of God that he's done in our life. Again, John Cole did an amazing job at representing that, right? We talked about that uh, this house uh, uh, community and family piece um, has been in our roots where we, you know, um, were birthed in a, ho- a home group, home group in Reading, and that, you know, we launched this house fire season and uh, talked about that being part of our roots. Another handful of things that are part of who we are is reigning in life, that we govern our life, that we're people of risk, we're people of, we are dreamers, we're people of worship, we're worshipers, we worship from the first note, we're, um, we're leaders. This is a house that has always attracted leaders. And it's from the day one is it attracted uh, leaders. And we're all called to be leaders, but it's a house that has attracted high-caliber high leaders. In fact, Michael Maiden gave us, uh, you know, an observation. I wouldn't even say it was a word. It was an observation. He said, hey, there's like 90, 93% of your church are leaders. Most churches I go to, it's like 10%. So this has just been in our history. It's been who we are um, Lauren talked about us being a people that hold the tension, that can stand between the promise and the problem. If you didn't, you should go back to that one. We should mine that one because there's, there's gold there. There's a key there. We're called to be supernatural people seeking to see heaven on earth. And the reality is that in, in, there are circumstances where heaven doesn't, hasn't shown up yet. And if we don't know how to reconcile the, and stand in between the gap and recognize that there is a promise and there's a problem and we're holding both and pursuing the promise, then we'll, we'll quickly begin to redefine uh, God's nature by our circumstances rather than resting it on his promises. <clears throat> we talked about us being a generous people, a house of hope and love, a people who are of servanthood, we talked about us being a people of faith where anything is, anything is possible. We hear and run, uh, that we're radical obedience, that we hear God's voice, we run and obey. So we, talk, we talked about a handful of things, yeah? If I'd encourage you guys to go back and listen to some podcasts if, if you guys didn't hear all of them or if you want to mine it some more. <clears throat> uh, one of the... Uh, the things that I feel are important about revisiting foundations and what, well, let me, let me rephrase this. One of the things I noticed as we've been doing this is not only has it been like Bethel Atlantis Foundations, but we personally have been invited into this journey. How many else experienced that? Where you're kind of revisiting your personal foundations of like, oh, what got me here? 
What were the things that I once did? What was my returning to my first love? What are the things that were in my roots and my foundations that, that, you know, sometimes we get going and we start doing the things and then we forget, oh, that's right. What got me here was that, and I stopped doing that. And so personally, even I've had this journey, and I know others have, that we've been on this, on this like, oh, revisiting our foundations. And I love that because <clears throat> we are Bethel Atlanta. It's not this building. It's the people around you. Right? We're, we're the church, not the building or the property. It's the people around you. So when we say we're revisiting Bethel Atlanta's foundations, it would make sense that it's a personal journey as well. So I think one of the things that are important, you know, as I mentioned, Jesus kind of was reading. Uh, he spent three chapters on a sermon. I wonder how long that sermon actually was. I mean, it feels like it would have went for a long time. But at the end of it, where he's just giving instruction, I, 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 we're called to be learners, dis- disciples. You know, in the, when it, when it, when before the Sermon on the Mount, and during it, he even says he, he saw crowds. The crowds are there. And then he begins to reference them as disciples. It wasn't just 12. The disciples were a mass of people because they were learners, being discipled by the rabbi, the teacher. We, we're called to be disciples of the Lord, which means the word disciple means learned one. Which means we need to Learn, thank you. Bring back my school ministry days. <laughs> which means we need to learn. Which means we need to be okay that we need to, lo- know, that we know, need to know something we don't know. Ooh, that would be vulnerable. Oh, that's right, remember? Encounter with the Father, where I get my acceptance and approval from Him, allows me to be authentic with where I'm at so that I can be invited on a journey of growing into something I'm not yet. So to be, to, to be learners, I have to be, to be okay with the fact that I don't know everything. I know it's shocking. We, we, I know. It surprises us every time when it happens. And it happens because we're growing, and we're like, shoot, I'm growing, and this is painful. I know. Why? Because I didn't know it, and now I need to know it. And it's hard to learn. It's hard to grow. And I have to be okay with the fact that I didn't know something. It's triggering. <laughs> but we're called to be learners, disciples on this journey of learning and growing into becoming like Christ. And I I spoke a message on that some weeks ago, but, you know, he spends three chapters, five, six, and seven uh, in Matthew where he's just, just instructing. As an instructor, you're, you're teaching what you're doing. You're, you are actually in, in, in uh, installing, my builder's going to come out. Sorry. You're installing structures within people, instruction, structures within you're building people. We, we need to be built, and we need to build people. I, I heard the Lord um, some months ago, well, I was in July on, a, on my trip back from California, and, and I heard the Lord say, hey, uh, in this business, I'm a business businessman. I've been at multiple businesses over the years, uh, schools of ministry, all the things, but, but I think business. And he says, so he's talking to me in my language. And he says, hey, in this business, the people are the product. 
This sounds crass, but you'll hear it when I say it more. The people are the product. And, and, it, and it shifted my thinking, and it, it's not about the ministry that we build. It's not about the building we build. It's not about what we do to touch our city. That's going to sound wild for a second. Hang with me. It's not about what we do. It's about who we are. Because the people are the product. What he's building in you is more important than what you think you're building around you. The people are the product. We're called to build people. We're called to be built and then build others. Because that's what Jesus spent three chapters doing. Let me build inside of you things you don't have inside of you. And then now let me do. If you can build inside of you the Christ that's being, as Paul, Paul says, right, I labor that until Christ is formed in you. If we can partner with him and, and, and co-labor with him in Christ being formed within us and building us in who we are, then that natural output or natural product, natural fruit of my hands or my labor is going to be the kingdom. Because if I work and co-labor with him to become like him and be transformed in closer and closer and closer into the image that he's called us me to be, then the natural fruit and byproduct is going to be I'm going to think like him, be like him, behave like him, speak like him, talk like him, build like him. Then whatever I play my hands to is going to look like him. That's how the kingdom happens. It's not because I have a great idea first. It's because I have a great father first. It's because I was a son first. It's because I became a disciple, a learner first. It's because I worked with him to, to actually grow and become who he's called me to be first. And secondly, thirdly, and lastly is the fruit of my labor will be the kingdom around me. But we don't like that because it takes way too much time. You just heard John tell the story. Years, years of stewarding, of, of, of coming alongside with what the Lord is saying. Years before seeing what we want to see is the end result. Like, I'm a leader. I just want my ministry, and I'm going to go change the world. What won't be sustainable and it will be by your own might and your own power. And the kingdom of heaven doesn't come through words, but through power. Like what, what, what we lay our hands to won't actually have the output that it needs to have to destroy the works of the devil, which is what we're called to do, because it's done by my own effort. What you do will be a natural fruit of who you are. So the goal then is to become like Christ. The goal then, and the only way to do that is to be learners. That we would build big people and big people will build the kingdom. So I want to be a big person. I want the Lord to build me. I want to get around people that are going to build me. I want to be in people's lives developing and building them. Not after my own image. But after whatever is inside of them, as a father would, who's raising them up and seeing the things inside of them and empowering what I see and calling it out and calling them up. I know you've heard me say this before, but it, I, don't, I, don't, I think we are on a journey of, of, of learning this. Because it's a, it's a mindset shift of, you know, a lot, of, a lot of times I think I'm going to a church, 
I love my people, and then give me a ministry to go do something. And, and I'm, I'm saying, come to a church, be transformed, and watch whatever you do be the ministry. You become the minister rather than the ministry. Like, wherever you show up, and, and, and I won't get into that. We'll stay here. We'll come back. <clears throat> So that this, this is our, our assignment. And then at the end of it, you know, Jesus is laying this, like, instruction with people for three chapters. And at the end of it, he says, Therefore, if any man hears these words of mine and acts on them, may he be compared to a wise man who's built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and slammed against the house. And yet it did not fall, for it had been founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, floods came, the winds blew, slammed against the house, and it fell, and it was a great fall. That there's two different foundations we can build on, but he's doing this on the tail end of three chapters of a sermon where he's outlining instruction on the ways of the kingdom and the ways of the Father and the ways of God. Like, this is the, these are the ways of God, and if you live like this, then no matter what happens around you, the storms might come, the circumstances, all the things that hurt and are painful and are hard, they won't shake you because you were built on a foundation of the ways of the kingdom. But we have to build it. We have to be the people that are being built, and we have to be learners. We have to be on this growth journey of, like, what am I, what am I growing in? This is why this inv invitation of, like, being offended or being triggered is, like, an invitation. Because it's like, ah, oh, shoot, there's something else. Lord, help me. Show me a mirror, Lord. I don't know. Then I need to go to a friend. I need to go to a father. Give me a mirror. Show me something I, I don't know that I, that, that is causing this. Because I'm on a journey to become, to be co-labored, as Paul would say, that till Christ is formed in me. So, on our house fire launch Sunday that we had, um, oh, I was going to share this other verse, but... It's, I'll say it real quick. It's the very epitome of uh, Isaiah 61. That, 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 you know, those that have been brokenhearted, those that were, ones that were um, desperate, those the ones that were in prison, all were set free and experienced wholeness and healing, and the result was that they then restored the city. This is, this is this journey. It's the message of this house. It's the call on this house. That we as leaders would be raised up. That we would reign in life and govern our life in such a way as to be instructed. And the result is that we would be sent in to see the cities change and experience restoration. When we had the house fires weekend, you know, uh, one of the things, Lauren had had that vision about the house fires. If you didn't hear it, go back and listen to it. Um, but when we had that weekend, I remember, I remember hearing the message thinking, well, this, this feels like foundation because it's in our roots. That the home groups were in our roots, community I go, but it also feels like building upward, right? Because, like, we're building, we're getting ready, we're building something, we're putting more into something we already had going, but we're, we're kind of like, let's, let's launch this. And I, and I immediately saw a vision of a foundation, and then I saw, if you know building, there's foundation, and in, in, in some foundations, you'll have these metal brackets, 
And these metal brackets, um, depends on the type of foundation, so if you know building, go with me. <laughs> Could be just bolts, but these metal brackets. And these metal brackets have anchors that are in the, in the concrete, the foundation. But they're also brackets. And so that what you're, you know, when you begin to build your wall, it's anchored, the wall is anchored to the foundation through the bracket. And I saw this vision that the house fires launch that we're doing is actually the brackets that is attaching foundation to what we build upwards. And I, and I got a, a prophetic word, I thought, for the house, that the house fire ministry will be as large, if not larger, than what the school of ministry was for us in our history. And if you've been here for any amount of time, that was the largest thing we had have. It's that significant. And, and the reason why I feel like it's significant is because it will be a vehicle that houses the ability to, for everything we just described to happen, for us leaders to be raised, for people to be built, for community and connection to happen, for family to be taken place, for us to be empowered and activated, and then catch the vision of it being sent into the city of whatever I'm laying my hands to and seeing it restored, seeing the kingdom show up. This will be the vehicle. The house fire ministry will be the vehicle for that to take place. So I feel like it's very significant because we've been a house or we're called to raise leaders who are reigning in life, raise leaders, raise orphans. I need to take, move from orphanhood to sonship and move from sonship to fathering. That's the leader being built inside of me. I need to reign in life where I'm governing my own life. I become power, from powerless to powerful where I've, what life just happened to me to now I actually am the one reigning. R-E-I-G-N-I-N-G. Reigning. I can spell. I'm doing a spelling bee. Right? Reigning. I'm the one governing my life that I, co-laboring with the Lord, are leading myself. Leading my life. Governing my life. Stewarding it. And the result is we restore cities. The result is I show up. If big people who build kingdom, how did I say it? I wrote this down. It's really cool. I'll read it. Be a learner, be a leader, and show up. <laughs> be a learner. Let us, let us succumb to the fact that we're meant to be disciples and are growing and that we don't know everything. I know it sounds surprising when we say it, but we're always shocked when it happens. <laughs> right? I can Google it and I can learn it. So be a learner, be a disciple, be a son, daughter, grow, be transformed, be a leader, be one who influences, be one who now builds. As a leader, I'm now building others. I'm developing others. I'm investing in people because if we can build big people, they'll build the kingdom. And then I need to show up. I just need to show up in my world. This is the byproduct of, Le of Jesus saying, here's the instruction. Here's the, here's the ways of the kingdom. Now let me just show up and watch what happens. The supernatural is the fruit. People being restored, people being healed, people being seen, people being called up, people being developed. Jesus wasn't an easygoing leader. You ever see how he talks to people? It's pretty, it's something. Follow me and walks away. And they did. He didn't like, let me give you some vision so you know what I'm really going after. Let me really like kind of get in and get to know you so I can like win you over. <laughs> like 
he just said, follow me. And you're just like, oh. And then he's like, you know, he's got a multi- crowds and multitudes of people that are disciples. And at the end of the day, he's left with 12. Well, what happened to the others? Well, we got nothing left. We left everything. Everyone else left because they didn't like what he said. But when he showed up, signs, wonders, and miracles, the kingdom happened. And he took 12 people and raised them up from orphans, created sons, called them to be fathers, empowered them, and sent them as fathers. And the result is 12 people turned the world upside down. And we sit here today because of it. This isn't a leadership model from John Maxwell. It's not a Bethel leadership model. It's a leadership model from the Father and the Son. And we get to partner with it when we go on the journey and say, I'm I'm a disciple. I'm a learner. I want to build this foundation. I want the foundation to be built in me so that I don't get shaken. And I want my head to be in a place above the storm so that I can have the authority to cause it to to, to cease. It wasn't about the storm. The storm didn't shake Jesus. He shook the storm because of his foundation, because of what was inside of him, because of him knowing who he was and what he was there for. This is our call. To be learners. To be leaders. And then to show up and freely give what's been given to us. And that's the Isaiah 61 message, that those who, who, who came through being uh, healed and set free then go turn to heal and set free, to give away what was freely given to them. Would you guys stand? Put your hands out in a receiving mode like you're going to get something. It's a prophetic act, uh, physical obedience, bringing spiritual release. So we're going to put our hands out like we're receiving something. And, and Lord, we just say, release on us a desire to be like Christ. A desire to get that for Jesus to get his full reward. Lord, remind us in places where we need to repent and change the way we think. Remind us the call that's on our life. Remind us our why, why we're here, why we're doing what we're doing. Lord, remind us whose we are. Remind us that we're yours. Lord, I just even release encounters with the Father that bring reconciliation back to the Father. Even for us believers who've been doing it for any amount of time, Lord, we constantly need to be reconciled back to the Father. Remind us that we're sons. Lord, and I thank you for the privilege and the honor to give away what's been freely given, to take what's been done inside of me and to give it away to whoever you entrust me with. But I thank you for the privilege and the honor of wherever we show up, we, we, we bring the kingdom inside of us and be help for the hurting and comfort for the mourning and hope for the disappointed. In any given moment, we have it to give because it's in us because it's in you and you're in us. 
Lord, I thank you and I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.